the college football playoff semifinals did not disappoint. We had four teams that really went until the very end of this game. They really put their full effort in. We got two fantastic teams that are going to take on in the national championship. And I don't think we could say that we expected this. I know we've been pretty high on this team for a very long time, but if you told me that TCU was going to be the national championship at the beginning of the year, I would probably be laughing at your face. We have the defending champion Georgia Bulldogs taking on TCU Horn Frogs in the national championship on Monday. We're going to break that down, get a little preview here at the end, and then obviously give you a full preview before the weekend's up. But we're going to dig into these semifinal games. Uh, really, honestly, Steve, before we dig in game by game, what was your thoughts on this one? It was just, it was a great New Year's Eve with all sports, especially college football. Yeah, you know, I. I, I vowed I was going to only watch college basketball, and there was some great college basketball on on New Year's yeah. Eve. But you know, I, I just when I when I saw TCU went up pretty early, I'm like, I got I got to tune in, and I'm really glad that I did. You know, I'm, I did one of those little one minute YouTube shorts, and I, I titled it "Yeah, but" because that's basically what everybody says about TCU. Yeah, but this yeah. year, but that. I think they just showed that they're just one of those teams. Are they the best team on paper or even on the field talent-wise? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, But they certainly know how to win. And Sonny Dykes and his staff, it's the best college football coaching job that I can remember in the last 20, 25 years. I mean, I don't think that's going too far out on on a ledge there. I mean, it's just amazing how they make adjustments, not only going into a game, but at halftime, it's every game, even the one game they lost, they made the adjustments and they almost came back and pulled it off then. But, you know, hats off to TCU, man. What a season. Yeah, this this game was really good. We're going to dig in this one first while we're talking about TCU Michigan since it was the first game. But, um, you know, let's keep on the bandwagon of TCU here. I mean, we have really I feel like we were on the TCU wagon a little early this year. Mm Um, we we kept saying don't sleep on them before they were you know before they were ranked. We said that they should be ranked. They were undefeated. We've, right. we've always said that for a very long time. The Max Dugan story is is really amazing. I mean, I don't know if any of us really expected this one to be as good. Now I'm thinking that this is a guy who is going to be one of the next big premier quarterbacks in the NFL. Like when I see him play, I don't see him just as a top college quarterback. I see him being that next level quarterback and being a leader and and moving forward like i'm looking forward to seeing where he gets drafted he gets in the right spot i think he's going to make some some really big noise there's a lot of good teams that need some quarterbacks coming in the draft i'm looking forward to that one but as he said before the before the college football playoff started business isn't done yet and as we know he has a little bit more business to take care of the national championship and then speaking of sonny dykes i mean come on first year as a the coach of tcu the expectations were super low. Media preseason poll had TCU as seventh. I made sure I put that tweet out um, <laughs> right after the game. I said, just in case any of you guys forgot, because honestly, no one really expected this one. When we talked about the Big 12 championship at the beginning of the season, we were upset that Baylor wasn't getting the love they deserved because they were the defending champions. But no one, no one had TCU go. Yeah. Maybe some local media guys, but no, no one had TCU go. And there was either Texas or Oklahoma but it was not TCU. When you look at what they did and what they've what they've done this season, it's just been incredible. When you look at the stat line for Max in this one, he had two touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, the interceptions, obviously, they were early, so he got over it, but especially the touchdown passes, he threw some beautiful passes. Most of them were to Quentin Johnson, 
and they were just uh, and most of them were under pressure these really impressive passes i, I remember there was a i think it was the 76 yard touchdown pass to johnson yes dugan was under pressure and i believe it was a third down play and he found a way to get it to johnston and you know johnston took care of the rest this tcu team i don't know if anybody would have beat them that night now they were just looking dangerous. They were looking real good. I know there's going to be some people out here saying that Bama could have probably rolled with these guys. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think that could have happened. I think TCU looked really good in this one. And hats off to Michigan, too. I want to get to them in a minute. But anything else you want to say about TCU? This team really, uh, I mean, really did good. Quentin Johnson, six receptions, 163 in the college football semifinals. I mean, come on. That's just incredible. I- I'm looking forward to seeing how they face up against uh, the defending champs, Georgia. I, I, rem- I really do think that if they play like they played against this Michigan team, I mean, they got a chance, right? Because we didn't think that they maybe stood a chance against this Michigan squad. So I think we're in for a really good national championship. No, absolutely. And I mean, again, Quentin Johnson, you know, I have written down in big letters, how good is Quentin Johnson? Yeah. And and really, and it, I, I think the whole country is now asking that question because even with TCU, as they got more and more uh, publicity, if you will, as the season went on, I think his play was just underrated. Because Max Duggan was, is just such a great quarterback. He's so poised. He's confident. He's, he's fearless. He's not afraid to take those big hits. He's going to step up. He's going to make the pass, like you said, on, on the 76-yarder. But the thing that stood out for me in this game was they got 263 yards rushing against a Michigan team that only allowed 2.9 yards per carry. And that was the big thing. Oh, they're not going to be able to run. So now all the pressure is going to be on Max Duggan. It was a balanced offensive attack, 263 rushing, 225 passing. And their special teams, as as in every game, also contributed some key yardage and some big plays. So it's if, if people are still sleeping on TCU, shame on you. Yeah, I mean, seriously, shame on you. Forget about, oh, it's the Big 12, or it's not this, or Alabama could have done this, or whatever team you want to insert into that equation. Clemson might have done this. Bottom line is they didn't get it done when they needed to, and TCU has in every instance except the Big 12 championship game, and I still say they got jobbed in a lot of ways where they potentially could have won that game. But bottom line is TCU is now in the college football championship game. Right. Not just being given consideration. They're in the championship game. So all the haters, all the doubters shut up. This shows that you have to pay attention to more than just the preseason top 25 as well. This team was Mm -hmm. not ranked. This team was seventh in the big 12, right? In their media preseason poll. You have to pay attention to all the teams, especially obviously more, focus towards the power five because we've only seen one non-power five team in the college football semifinals so far so you have to pay attention to every single one of them and that's really something impressive yeah quentin johnson he's he went over a thousand yards this season on only 59 receptions and he didn't play in two games you know he had some he had an ankle or foot injury so yeah really impressive on the michigan side though they didn't it's not that they didn't play well they played really good now there are some Questions about Jim Harbaugh and his time management skills towards the end of the game. There were some question marks there. I don't really think that came down to being actually a big deal. I think that he actually, the time management actually worked in his, I I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say in his favor, but it actually worked out the way that I think he planned it to be. He put some faith in his defense. He used his timeouts and uh, he got the ball back with a minute left to go. JJ McCarthy. I mean, he looked really good. 
I'm excited yeah. to see what the next level of JJ McCarthy is because this is really his first full season as a you know as a quarterback in Division One and Power Five. I'm excited to see what the next level is for JJ McCarthy because I don't think he's unlocked everything that's remaining for him. And you know we saw some great things from the Michigan running game too, even though Blake Corum wasn't there. You know, just like you said in your short, no Blake Corum, no problem. Donovan Edwards went over 100 yards against this TCU team. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't enough. I think what the biggest issue was is that they don't they didn't really have a true guy as the receiver this year. Ronnie Bell did really good. He he stepped up in this game, but there were some issues, I think, with consistency on this offense in this game for JJ and for the rest of the squad. Um, I don't there was just some times where I don't think he had the options he should have had, and I think that hurt them. Now, again, this is a game that scored 96 points. These offenses both did very good. So I'm, we're nickel and diamond this stuff, and we got to put some thought on why Michigan lost this game. There was, again, you can say the time management thing. You can also say, you know, and I don't think this is the case, but at the end of the game, there was a call about a potential targeting. I'm sure you saw this. I did. Now, I personally, if I think if they would have called the targeting call, I think it would have been a complete stretch. Now, I'm the one who thought Michigan was going to win this game, so I don't have any bias for PCU towards Michigan. But I don't think that was targeting whatsoever. I think the refs did a good job not calling that one. I think personally that it would have been a stretch if they would have called that one targeting. I think that's just my thoughts. What's your thoughts on that one? And then what's your thoughts on Michigan as we uh, close out this semifinal game? Uh, 51-45 TCU defeating the Wolverines. Well, you know, a lot of people always complain, well, referees call games differently in championship or playoff situations or whatever. I, I think they have to. I mean, I think, okay, early in the season, they're going to, that's probably a targeting call in September to try to make a point. You don't, if you're on that edge there, you need to try to rein it in. But I mean, again, I, I thought, I mean, they, they stood up tough. I think there were a lot of calls throughout the game that either side could have, you know, quibbled with and said, oh, come on or whatever. But they were consistent. They let them play football. They let them play a physical brand of football, and that's what you want to see in a playoff situation. I mean, you, you think, okay, 96 points, oh, it was, it was, there was no defense. There was some great defensive efforts in this game. That's just how good these two teams are. And uh, you, like you said with J.J. McCarthy, um, we saw just glimpses of what's to come. He has gotten better every yes. Game people forget he wasn't necessarily the sure lock coming out of you know spring camp and everything. He has gotten better with every starting opportunity he's had throughout the season. And they don't beat Ohio State without JJ McCarthy. And quite honestly, they don't get back in this game without JJ McCarthy. As great as Edwards was, and as as much as they like to uh, kind of pound the game early and dictate it. I mean, TCU in a lot of ways took Michigan's playbook and shoved it down their throat in the first half and said, you know what? No, we're going to come storming out and we're going to play tough defense in the first half. Now try to come back. I mean, I mean, they, they, they actually kind of turned the tide on them, but uh, JJ McCarthy shouldn't be hanging his head. I mean, he had two interceptions. Okay. I mean, again, so did Doug. The best is yet to come, I really do think, for this Michigan team, even with people like Coram moving on and whatever. I, the, the best is yet to come, and that's probably bad news for the Big Ten. I don't care who's who's coming into the Big Ten through the transfer portal. I don't know that there's going to be a team, on paper at least, that's going to be as good as Michigan. 
Ooh, I like that. And I'm going to get back to that in just a second here. But I have to, before I forget, did you hear about what happened with J.J. McCarthy and his parents? They couldn't get a flight down to Arizona for the game because of all the crazy weather things going on. I'm sure it was probably Southwest's fault. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> so, um, but they they took the drive. They drove 20-something hours to get down so they could see the game to watch J.J. try and make it to the national championship. thought that was really cool. It was really neat yeah. story they put on the broadcast. Um, but I like that point that you make. About Michigan's thinking, you, this is the next thing. Uh, you, you think they're going to be just as good next year, or there's not any Big Ten team that can run with them next year. My question was going to be around this, and I'll kind of, you know, kind of mold them together, I guess. Um, the last two years, Michigan has beat Ohio State, but they've lost in the college football semifinals. So they're basically in the same spot they were last year, if you will. Right? Is this is this a winning season for Harbaugh and the Wolverines? Do they take this as a win, or what is this for them? Oh, I think I think they should take it as a win. I mean, I mean, they're going to say all the right things and saying, well, unless we're in the national championship game, we win the title. It's not a winning. They're going to say all of those things. But bottom line is nobody, including certain people on this podcast, <coughs> me, <coughs> uh, gave Michigan much, much credit because they were playing all the cupcakes early and whatever it is. Now, in fairness, right. I didn't really give Ohio State a whole lot of credit either. Fair. But I was kind of really up until about midway through. I mean, I was kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big 10, big 10. Yeah, sure. Yeah, big one. But, I mean, they proved a lot of people wrong. They're going to take advantage of the transfer portal just like every other school is. And, and quite honestly, I just don't see a team in the big 10 that's going to be able to challenge them. So from that standpoint, from a program standpoint, Harbaugh's going to be disappointed. I think it's pretty safe to say he's not going to look for another job, even if one's no. offered. Yeah, unlike right. last offseason, I think he knows now. Well, wait a minute, we've got something special here. So I think that at least for one more year, for sure, Harbaugh is going to come back with a legitimate chance to get back to the playoffs in a smaller. This will be the last year uh, this coming season where it's just a four-team playoff. I think that's going to make it easier for any of those four teams to win rather than the expanded field. So I think this is an all in. You push all your chips in to the middle for Harbaugh and the program. I think they're going to do everything they can uh, to use this as a springboard to a national championship next year. I like that. I like that. And I, I think I tend to agree with most of that you just said on that one. I think that we just found a nice off-season topic to talk about once we get you know, maybe a couple weeks down the road, maybe getting a deep dive into the Big Ten after this transfer first transfer window opens and ask the question, is anybody going to be as good as Michigan? So got a cool idea coming down the road for that one. All right, let's dig into the second game here. And this game was just as good, if not better, to be completely honest. I watched the first game. And my mind initially, once that once that game was over and we saw TCU storming the field and getting all excited, the first thing that came to my mind was, how in the hell is Ohio State and Georgia going to top that? That's honestly that's what came to my mind, and they did. I, in my mind, they did. This game was right down to the wire again. I mean, missed field goal was was what really lost the game for Ohio State, forty two forty one final. This game was, I mean, a huge scoring battle, especially in the first half. I mean, it was 28 to 24 at halftime. Are you kidding me? I mean, we had, I think we had almost 200 points between both college football semifinals, <laughs> right? I, so that's just, it's just incredible. 
But when you look at the second half, it's a battle of two different teams. Ohio State did good coming out, out of the second half. They looked really good in the third quarter. C.J. Stroud really stepped up. He Whatever the locker room talk was from Ryan Day or whatever was said by the Buckeyes, they looked real good. But I don't know if it was conditioning. I don't know if it was just championship pedigree. I don't know what it was. But that fourth quarter belonged to the Bulldogs, and there was nothing that Ohio State could do about it. Stenson Bennett put that game on his back, especially that last drive to tie the game and take the lead, obviously, with the extra point. I mean, that to me is – that might have been one of the most beautiful drives that I have seen all uh-huh. season long. It was it was beautiful. Stenson Bennett has done some very impressive things with the football this season. I think we've said that a few times on this show. Kirby Smart did a really good job coaching this game. I think he had some issues initially at the beginning, but at the end of at the end of it, Georgia finds a way to get back to another national championship game and possibly go back to back. That's something really interesting to hear. Uh, an SEC team maybe going back to back national championship. It's not Alabama. What's your thoughts on this game? Well, I mean, again, I need to probably, as I do almost every show, we do I have to issue an apology to somebody. So I'm going to issue an apology <laughs> uh, to Stroud. I mean, yeah, he, sh- he shut me up. I mean, th- that was one of the best clutch performances that I've ever witnessed. And yeah. I've been around a long, long time. He basically, like you talked about, Bennett putting everything on his back. Stroud put Ohio State on he his did. back. All, oh, for sure. He he played hard and he played well every second, not just every minute, every second of every quarter and every drive of this game. So, I, again, I think a lot of people are going to look back on the tape despite the loss and say, okay, any doubts we had? And there's lots of whispers out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not tough enough. And, oh, he kind of he kind of fades in big games. His, his defense – Fades in big games. Yes, mm-hmm. he came through big time in this one, and it's not. I mean, I hate the fact that it's coming down and it's on that kicker now. Most times, kickers deserve whatever abuse gets heaped upon them because when it when it goes well, they take way way too much credit. But when they when it goes bad, it kind of gets overlooked. Whatever it is, Ohio right. State should never have had to put their kicker in that position. They gacked up their lead to Georgia in the second. Oh, half. they did. Oh, yeah. It's fourth it, quarter. It, you could really just say fourth quarter to be completely honest. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, what was it? I think Georgia outscored Ohio State 18 to three in the fourth quarter. And then that last drive, Stroud was driving. He was doing a very mm-hmm. good job. And we talk about all these good things about Sense and Bennett and Georgia's offense and Stroud and in Ohio State's offense. I mean, his wide receivers were great. I know there was a couple of injuries that probably hurt the last drive uh, maybe getting some play- people open but really what hurt them and what put them in that field goal range it was there was a sack i think it was a second or third down it was a pretty uh-huh. it was a big loss uh, for for a sack that put them in a rough spot that made them have to eventually kick that field goal and i don't you can't put that on stroud because it was a sack that was in the pocket he didn't have a lot of time no, he, that yeah, offensive line no broke down yeah now georgia's defense now <laughs> we talk about clemson's defense we talk about you know, Alabama's defense. We've talked about these defenses year in and year out. Georgia's defense is becoming a staple now. That is something that we're going to, if we haven't said it, we need to start saying it, that Georgia's defense is amazing now. And they're doing it without some of the guys that are going to be first round picks because they got injuries. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens between Georgia and TCU, because I do think that this game is going to be just as good. I mean, we're going to come down. We might come down to a final 
miss field goal or something again. We might come down. Whatever it is, I I don't think we're going to come down to where they need the ball with a minute and something left. Yeah, I think it's going to be you're driving. You know, the team that is down is going to have an opportunity to win the game or tie the game on the mm-hmm. final drive of the game. Whatever that, that is my thoughts about how this national championship is going to be. I think we're in for a really good game. You want to t- do a little NCAA 2014 talk. I think we're in for one of those instant classics like we're in for these two games right here. I do really think that's what we're going to see with Georgia and, and TCU. I, I'm interested. I'm really interested. I, I don't know if I would be saying the same thing about Michigan and Georgia right now. I don't know if I'd be saying the same thing about uh, Michigan and Ohio State. Well, I know I wouldn't be saying that. I don't know if I'd be saying the same thing, same thing about TCU and Ohio State. I think we have. With Georgia, we knew that we had – Georgia was the better team because we saw what Ohio State wasn't against Michigan, right? Uh-huh. TCU and Michigan, we thought Michigan was the better team, but TCU proved this the other way. I think that one could have went either way. I think we we both saw that one on, uh, on Saturday night, but TCU took the nod. I think we have the best matchup for the national championship. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, and I had come out and said I thought that TCU should have been the number two seed. I mean, I mean now, again, Michigan kind of won it by just embarrassing Ohio State the way they did, you know, when they faced each other and by doing a yeah. really great job, you know, in the in the Big Ten championship game. But, yeah, I, I think we do have the two best teams because I think we have the two teams that – are consistent whether they're down two touchdowns or ahead two touchdowns. The demeanor, their approach, they stick to the game plan. Even if it's not working, they believe they have the talent on the field to be able to make that plan work. So I think, you know, you talk about the great job that Kirby Smart did. I think he was looking at things and it was more, I don't understand why it's not successful as opposed to we need to change because it's not successful. And TCU just, I, I don't know whether Sonny Dykes is, you know, has some kind of espionage, you know, spy background where he's tapping into, you know, these other teams' locker rooms and knows exactly what the other the opponent's going to do. But, I mean, I mean, both of these coaches look at tape and they find things and they see things that perhaps aren't as obvious so even even their opponent maybe is not even aware that they have that weakness or that they're mm-hmm. they have these tendencies that can be exploited. So uh, I think certainly as far as uh, a coaching standpoint, I think the the two best coaches that were in the in the college football playoff have led their teams to the championship game. Yeah, I think you're right. And the only downside I think to TCU winning the game is that we're not going to see a battle of unbeaten's for the national championship, and that's always cool to see. But TCU obviously is a great game. We we know that they have, their only loss is overtime in the Big Twelve Championship to a tough Kansas State team, and then obviously Georgia. I mean, they haven't lost I think since, uh, well, since we had wooden ships in the harbor. So uh, yeah, so a lot of things really interesting to see what happens there. I, I'm looking forward to this game. We're gonna have a full preview for the national championship game for both national championship games, FBS and FCS, coming at you this weekend. They'll be ready to go, so be sure to tune in and check out Slasher U. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are here, always free and available, dropping new content every single day in this brand new year of 2023. It's going to be a fantastic time. Join us here at Slasher U, and uh, as always, thank you for listening.